Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Truth About Trucking, live, hosted by Alan Smith, a 30-year OTR veteran, business entrepreneur, and motor carrier transportation consultant, specializing in assisting students and new drivers, and pushing forward to raise the standards of the trucking industry. And now, live from beautiful Citrus County, Florida, here's your host, Alan Smith. something right off the bat here. I am looking forward to September. And you know why? Vacation. Haven't had a vacation in three and a half years, but come next month it's vacation time and I am ready. And we're going to be heading back to uh, my home state of Oklahoma and we will be visiting friends and family throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and Kansas. And we were going to fly, but I think we'll just drive. Take our time, uh, stop where we want to stop, not have any schedule to try to meet. And, you know, just just take it easy and enjoy the ride. We're going to be stopping in at uh, Tulsa and Oklahoma City and make our way down to Dallas, the Big D, and try to make a run up to Dodge City, Kansas. And, um, yeah, it's strange even because, I mean, I drive for a living, but, you know, it's going to be vacation time. So no appointments to meet, no schedule hanging over my head. That's what a vacation is all about, right? So so if you're wondering if I'm ready or not, you better believe it. September cannot come soon enough. I am ready. But until then, we are here, and we have a great show for you this evening. The topic is back on CSA 2010, and um, a lot of things still flying around out there. Is, is this new safety initiative from the FMCSA going to be good or bad for truck drivers and companies alike? And you know a lot of people were discussing it and writing about it and blogging about it, and then most just kind of stopped, and and maybe for good reason. Every every time you reported about it, it would change. But our special guest this evening didn't stop. He considers the CSA 2010 as being the most serious law to ever hit the trucking industry, and more than that, he believes that the intentions of the CSA 2010 is to remove drivers from the trucking industry. And, um, Donna, I think I hear you back in the background. You there with me? I'm here. (laughs) Okay, that must just be the phone. But um, And the way he believes it's going to do this is it's just a way to slap drivers and motor carriers with big fines. We're not just talking about truck drivers tonight. We're talking about trucking companies, too. 
And um, he's also been very vocal on his belief that the FMCSA absolutely intends to remove drivers from the trucking industry through this new uh, safety uh, initiative. So our special guest this evening is Ricky Gooch, who is an uh, independent director of prepaid legal services and also operates a website from the causes.com page called Justice for Truckers. A uh, successful business entrepreneur, his work is now dedicated to public advocacy and for all civil rights and liberties, and we're going to hear a little bit more about that. Uh, when we come back from this short commercial break, Richie Gooch joins us from the great state of Tennessee, and we are going to hear what he has to say about the CSA 2010 and a whole lot of other stuff. So we'll be right back in a minute. Hang on with us. As an owner-operator, you understand the importance of saving every dollar wherever you can, and insurance is one of the biggest expenses a business owner can face. RickQuote.com works with over 50 of the top insurance carriers across the U.S. to bring you the best insurance coverage at the best price. If you're an owner-operator, small fleet owner, freight broker, freight forwarder, whatever your trucking business entails, RickQuote.com can save you money, and in today's economy, we all know how important that is. They also offer a wide selection of discounts that can even save you more of your hard-earned money. Discounts like having already been an owner-operator, business experience discount, a CDL discount, radius of operation discount, and they can even take care of your truck insurance filings. You can get a price quote in five minutes or less right from their website, rickquote.com, or give them a call toll-free at 888 701 1795rickquote.com making trucking insurance simplified and be sure to tell them that Alan Smith sent you Okay, we're back. Rick Ricky Gooch is our special guest uh this evening. His website google.com/hub/rickygooch and causes.com slash justice for truckers uh, let me pull up his mic here i guess that would help if i would uh, make him live on here uh, ricky welcome to the show how's everything in tennessee uh ricky you there well i've got his mic on uh, hey ricky can you hear me how about you donna I can hear you. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I've got his mic on. Ricky, are you there? Okay, let me just try it again here. I'll just unmute it, and then I'll remute it, and see what he is there. I know that's his number there. Got everything flashing on me here. And uh, so yeah, I've got him pulled up. Ricky, are you there? All right. Well, I, I, he's not. I'm going to try to reach him. Uh, what I'll do is I'll try to reach him on a different number. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've got him. I've got him live there, so uh, uh, he should be hearing me. But I'm not hearing him, so I see him there. But um, we'll give it here a second. I can try calling him, but I think he's on the line and he won't hear me. But um, Ricky Gooch has. Uh, he, he's been talking about uh, CSA 2010 on his website, and he's always on top of it uh, when a lot of people have just kind of dropped off and just kind of had a wait-and-see attitude because 
like I said, every time you write about it or talk about it, it changes. And But he has strong feelings about this thing that it's just not that great of a thing for drivers and trucking companies alike, not just drivers. And, uh, oh, he just went off, so maybe he's uh, maybe he's going to try again here in a minute. And uh, you know, I guess I could try. I could try giving him a call. Are you, are you trying over there, Donna? I want to get his number. Do you have his number? Uh, no, not on me. Oh, uh, yeah, I can hear you rattling around out there. Well, he just dropped off. Maybe it was something on his phone, and he'll try again. Here he is. Let me try him again here. Let me see if I can pull him up here. Uh. Get them unmuted here, so that would help. I can hear myself over there too. Okay, come on, Alan. Hey, there you are, Ricky. How you doing? <laughs> finally, man. Finally, doing great. How uh, about you? I'm good. I tell you, I've got lights and things flashing and all this stuff going on here, and boy, my little brain can't handle it. Sometimes, how's everything in Tennessee? Very hot. Is it very hot? <laughs> yes. That's all over the country, isn't it? I, I guess so. We need uh, we need rain here and cooler weather. It's it's uh, not good for the tomato crop. Well, I hear you. Well, listen, uh, I uh, I really enjoy reading your posts and comments on your Justice for Truckers site. Uh, you have some really great information on there that you just don't find anywhere else. But be, before we get into the CSA 2010 and what you see happening here, um, I just wanted to give you a chance here first to talk a little bit about this uh, prepaid legal services and what help you can offer drivers and companies through this service. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, Prepaid Legal uh, started in 1972. Um, it's the oldest uh, of the prepaid legal companies in America and also the largest. In fact, it's, if you put all the other ones out there together, they still wouldn't be as large as uh, our company, Prepaid Legal, which is also a New York stock exchange company. Uh, we have a specific program that's aligned with the trucking industry and pretty well takes care of, of all the driver's needs while they're out there on the road. Uh, typically, a plan sells for around $32.95 a month, and our very best plan is $44.95 a month. Uh, but, you know, when a driver has our plan, they pay that. They never have to pay for an attorney again. Um, as long as it's for what the policy covers, it's free anytime they have to go to court or if they just need the lawyer to go to court for them, and it covers uh, their family as well. So it's a great program. Yeah, I've, I've always heard. I mean, I've been in driving a long time. I've, I've heard about it, and, and just about every driver I talk to that has it just loves it. And uh, I, I've, I, I never had it. I never looked into it. But uh, I mean, I looked into it, but I just never had it. But uh, we were talking to some drivers today. And uh, they were just saying so many good things about that. So, did I have your um, uh, your site correct on that? I've got prepaidlegal.com/slash/hub/slash/ricky-gooch, right? Right. Yes, that's that's correct. Actually, I, I talked or we talked to a guy today that had been a member for 26 years. Wow. Uh, our company. So that's that's, <laughs> that's a long time. I tell you something else. Our company does, and this is unbelievable. Uh, we've never raised the rates on a, on a client. So we've got clients that, that took this stuff out uh, 25, 30 years ago, and they're wow. paying $6 a month. <laughs> they're still paying the same price. So, Man, uh, don't, don't hear anything like that these days anymore. No, you really don't, especially with attorneys. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so well, we 
I know it's a great plan, so I just wanted to give an opportunity to tell a little bit about that. So uh, if you're a driver, a new driver, and uh, just check that out from his website, because it, it really is a good thing for drivers. But Okay, the CSA 2010, we have those who say it's going to uh, hurt drivers and companies. We have those who say it's going to be a good thing for the industry. Um, but I guess you don't really see it being all that great at all, not not only for drivers but tr- trucking companies as well. Is is that right? I got that right? Yes, you do. Uh, and, you know, the problem has been, I, I think, uh, because it's taken so long for them to implement this program. Uh, when people first or drivers first heard about it and carriers first heard about it, they did take it seriously. But because they kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off, they it just got more and more pushed out of way, out of sight, out of mind. And now it's, you know, within a few months of being enacted, and nobody is serious about it except for the really big carriers. All the really big major carriers who's got money, who's got attorneys on staff, they know what's coming, and, and they are very concerned about it. Uh, and that bothers me a lot because all these little guys out here, they don't have those assets, and they're going to be caught off guard, and it's going to cost a lot of companies their license. Well, um, let me um, uh, let me give uh, let me give a shout out to everybody in the chat room. Uh, just pulled it up. Got uh, 31 people in there so far. I see you in there. Thanks for being here. Our, our call-in number, if you'd like to be on the show, 347-826-9170. And um, I see that a lot, too, Ricky, that you talk about. Um, I, I talk about with a lot of drivers around here and smaller trucking companies, and a lot of times when I ask them, uh, you know, what do you think about CSA 2010, it's like, uh, what? <laughs> What's that? And so uh, I, I think you hit it on the nail there, but um, – and, and, and Donna, you can you know jump in anytime too. I know you're hanging there. Oh yeah, I'm here. I've got my questions uh, <laughs> ready, ready to go. Oh, okay, so so Ricky, you think? Um, uh, well, you know, you say most of the smaller companies aren't paying much attention to this, but <laughs> that's kind of scary because 80% of the companies in uh, trucking companies in the U.S. are uh, small companies. That's right, and you know, uh, the FMCSA said uh, this year that more than or almost half of the companies out there today would not pass the CSA 2010 test based on their past uh, SafeStat scores. So, and that's without even applying the tougher rules and regulations that the CSA is, is going to implement. Well, these so, country, uh, companies, though, they, I mean, they can check their scores right now. It's available to them, right, on, uh, right, all they have to do is register. That's true. It's really easy. They just go on the Internet and they can check them and they can send them. But the problem is they've been checking them for years. And under SafeStat, there was nothing to check them. You check them, see where you're at. But there was no fines. There, there, there were no penalties. There were no interventions. Uh, nothing was going to happen. And simply because uh, that has went, you know, for so long of a period of time, they've got uh, that same attitude. They tell, I hear all the time, that, that, you know, as soon as this goes in force, we'll, we'll start looking at it. 
You know, as soon as it comes about, then we'll start. Well, that's like, you know, digging a storm. The horse out of the barn. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not going to work. Uh, there, there are going to be a lot of intervention letters sent out, and, and uh, these carriers are going to be in trouble. And what bothers me is how many drivers, if they don't lose their job immediately, uh, how many of them is going to be sitting on the side of the road or sitting at home because their company shut down? That's the way it's going to start. Um, I know that you've probably seen there was a thing that went around the Internet for a long time that said 175,000 drivers were going to lose their job when, when uh, CSA was implemented. And they said well, that was false. When we spoke to them, they said that was absolutely false. But Yeah, but yeah that's exactly what they told me uh, on the radio. But, but they went ahead another step and said, we meant for that to be carriers, not drivers. Yeah, I read, I don't know if it was an email you sent me or one of your writings, because I, I check your uh, Justice for Truckers site, you know, two or three times a day. There's such good information on there. And you had you had written something about that, that that, that would, uh, like, that would make it all better, you know, but it's not going to be the drivers, it's going to be the carriers. Yeah, I mean, if that's the case, it would probably be ten times that many drivers that right, would be right. out of job for a little while, you know. So you can't get a straight answer out of the FMCSA. They like to talk in circles and, and hope that by doing it that way that you'll get something out of it that will keep you quiet for a little while. But it's it's not that way. They, they're throwing, come November the 31st, they're planning on throwing a blanket over this whole industry and reeling it in uh, and making people do exactly what they want them to do. And they've got the power to do it. And as soon as they send something out in writing, all of these other government people that's out here, they like to go by the book. They're going to do what they say, whether it's right or wrong. You know, it's going to be done. So uh, another thing that I thought was, it's almost, if it wasn't so sad, it would be hilarious, and, and that is that they're not planning on starting training the FMCSA people in every state and DOT people until December the 1st, the day after it goes into force. How wow. stupid is that? Well, that's unbelievable is what it is. Yes, it is. Again, well, we're training airplane pilots after we get them flying. You know, it just don't make any sense. So well, drivers uh, are going to suffer because of that. So, I mean, I mean, this is pretty serious stuff, and it's it just like the uh, – you know, I, I think so many people, there's so much stuff floating around – and we've done shows on this. We blogged about it, and uh, so many others out there have been trying to set things straight. But it, you know, things change every time you try to say anything. But what you're saying, um, I mean, drivers' ears better pick up. I mean, this this is pretty serious stuff. Well, the the thing the thing is with the pre-employment screening. And really, there's nothing they can do. I mean, they can check out what their pre-employment screen looks like, but there's nothing they can do about it, really. I mean, it is what it is. The only thing they can do about it is they have to keep clean, and they have to know what the rules and regulations are, and they have to follow those. And right now, they're saying, let's not worry about it. I'll worry about it when it gets here. Well, it's going to be too late for them. They, They can't. They don't understand what they're doing. They don't understand right now that if they get a ticket and it goes on their CDL, it's still going to count against their carrier, but 
more importantly, it counts against them, and they can no longer jump from carrier to carrier. If, if they don't have a clean driving record, if they have anything on their record at all, they can forget about jumping from one carrier to another. If they, if they lose their job, they're pretty well out of the business, and they're not going to come back. They're not going to let well, them. Well, the, the best thing, for the reason they would check their record is basically to make sure all the information on there is accurate, and they really should be checking it now uh, to make sure of that because you can contest what's on there, I think, with the data queue system. Uh, well, the data queue system. The, the data queue system is, is um, it's got a lot of fallacies to it, too. You know, for example, if you get a, a warning ticket, well, the warning ticket counts against the, the, the carrier, and you can go on data queue, and you can uh, say, well, you know, I, I wouldn't guilty of that. Well, guess who, guess who gets to review that? It's, it's the person who wrote the ticket. The law officer who wrote the ticket gets to say whether or not you were breaking the law. That's the fox watching the chicken house, of course. Right. Well, you and can't so even contest a warning. I mean, a, a warning is actually worse than a violation. At least a violation you can contest. Well, you, you can warning. actually, well, you can't contest a warning in court, but you can on the data queue system. Did they change that? Yes, they, they changed that. I, I actually uh, brought that to their attention that, that they were uh, circumventing the, the court system and, and the fact that we have a right to be heard, uh, you know, it's part of our constitutional right to be judged by a court of our peers. So they have added it to the data queue system. It's Excellent. just that they, they fixed it, though, where the cop is making the judgment, and that's just crazy. Right. Well, so, uh, I think we should give out uh, where people can actually go to check their uh, their pre-employment screening. And what we have here is www.psp.fmcsa.gov. And just go over and, uh, you know, check it out, make sure everything on there is accurate because it's, it's coming. Yeah, I think yeah. it's supposed to be fully functional August the 16th. Oh really? I, August. Oh really? Okay, I thought it yeah. was the tenth. What made me think it was the tenth? I I don't know. I I read that today actually. So who knows? <laughs> they may have okay. changed it. Today. <laughs> <laughs> that, that may change tomorrow. So. Yeah. So, yes, it, it very well could. Uh, so what that, what's I'll, your advice to drivers right now and trucking companies alike? I mean. Um, if they're going to get such a big hit, like you say, what should they be doing right now? Well, training, training, training. Uh, uh, there's a lot to learn. You know, there's 275 violations, equipment violations alone, that a driver and his carrier have to worry about. 222 of those are charged against the driver and the carrier. Uh, so only a small part is just charged against the, uh, the carrier uh, alone. So... Uh, you know, but here's another thing. Drivers are confused about CSA 2010 and the impact it's going to have on their job as a single individual. Uh, CSA 2010 is designed for, for the group of drivers to damage the carrier. That's the way that's going to work. 
the, the driver has to worry about taking care of his own CDL record. His own CDL record will do more damage uh, than anything as far as his personal career goes. So he has to protect that, which means he has to go to court and, and when he gets a ticket or any kind of citation or fine or write-up that's, that's going to go uh, before a court of law, he's got to defend himself. He cannot afford just to take that ticket and, and pay it and not worry about it because the next one, he may not have that option. And, you know, and he gets two or three tickets against him, that can end his career. If for if for any reason his his uh, company his carrier decides to get rid of him, so that's important. Uh, the carriers are you still there? The carriers, yeah, yeah. on the other hand, for the first time in history of having drivers working for them, they've got to work with the drivers. The big companies know this. The drivers are the carriers' first line of defense out there on the road. If that driver is not paying attention to the trailer and the truck and, and uh, what's going on with that equipment and making sure that that stuff gets fixed as soon as possible, then they're going to put these carriers out of business. And the carriers know that. The big carriers do. The little carriers are still in denial. They, they're, they think they're going to be able to operate just as usual and that they'll be out of this business you know, pretty fast. Well, on the on the same token, Ricky, um, now when drivers say something isn't working and I don't want to, I don't feel safe, or I'm going to get a violation, um, they no longer, for their interest as well as the drivers, they have to take it serious. I mean, I think they took a lot of chances before, and uh, you know, wouldn't listen to the drivers. Now they're going to have to listen to the drivers. And that's a part of CSA 2010 that I think is good. That is a good part of it. it, it you know, really and truly, the FMCSA has the notion that they don't want truck drivers to be blue-collar anymore. They want them to be white-collar. Uh, they want them to come to work and be clean and, you know, and healthy and happy and terrific, you know. <laughs> and that's their idea. Which is kind of ironic considering the fact that they're considered unskilled labor. Exactly. And, and not only that, I mean, you know, you got to face it, truck drivers probably got the hardest jobs in America. Uh, they're very tough. They have to sleep at all different times of the day and night. But, you know, they've they're got, they got to go to sleep and rest on demand. Who can do that? I mean, that's, that's a nutty. If, if, uh, you know, if we could get every government official in the FMCSA to climb in a truck and spend a month, with drivers, we wouldn't have these crazy laws like we got coming now. They would actually do some things that would really help them instead of just right. uh, pinning their ears back. Oh, that's what they're doing right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, let me, uh, I'm going to leave your mic open, Ricky, because I don't want to take the chance of just something weird going on here. But i got to take a break, and when we come back, you talked. You mentioned healthy. I want to talk about this BMI index, this overweight, got a lot of drivers uh with uh, big concerns about this. So um, take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back with Ricky Gooch, our special guest right here on Truth About Trucking Live. Hang with us. The trucker lifestyle isn't an easy one, and those of you listening will testify to that. Because of the sedentary lifestyle, one of the major problems causing drivers to be at greater health risk is obesity. I'm Alan Smith with Truth About Trucking Live, and recently there's been concern for the professional CDL driver and their ability to pass the DOT physical. 
No doubt you've been hearing terms such as BMI index, sleep apnea testing, and CPAP machines. The bottom line to all of this, however, is that drivers may lose their jobs because they're overweight. Most of these drivers, by paying attention to their diet and calorie intake, along with some exercise, can take care of their weight problem. But many others, however, are 100 pounds or more overweight and the problem seems overwhelming to them. These drivers are now researching other alternatives such as gastric sleeve surgery, which would limit their intake of large quantities of food. The cost of gastric surgeries in the U.S. are between $18,000 and $35,000 and not all insurance will cover these costs. We've discovered that one of the most recognized, respected, and affordable facilities who perform this kind of surgery with a total cost of $9,500 is located in Mexicali, Mexico, only 22 miles south of El Centro, California. Dr. Alberto Aceves has performed thousands of surgeries and is rated among one of the highest success rates anywhere, including the U.S. Dr. Aceves has impeccable credentials, including member of the American Society for Bariatric and Metabolic Surgery, member of the International Federation for the Surgery of Obesity, and member of FACS, the American College of Surgeons. If you're overweight and you're contemplating gastric sleeve surgery as a possible solution, either because you're concerned about your job or you just want to feel good about yourself or do things you haven't done in years, then I encourage you to give Dr. Alberto Aceves and his staff a call. They have an extremely knowledgeable, personable, and professional staff and will tell you if you're a candidate for this type of procedure. They'll answer your questions and concerns, and if you're not a candidate, they'll tell you, guiding you in another direction. You can contact them toll-free at 888-344-3916 or at their website, MexicaliBariatricCenter.com. Speaking with our guest, Ricky Gooch of Causes.com slash Justice for Truckers. Uh, Ricky, you disappeared again, then you popped up again. Yeah, that's, I'm a ghost, I guess you would say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen, let's talk about this BMI index and the possibilities of a driver uh, losing their job due to being overweight or considered obese. According to this um, driver fitness basic contained in the uh, CSA 2010 literature, it states that a driver can be disqualified for several reasons, with one being medical disqualifications. Now, I, I don't know if it, it doesn't specifically say overweight or obesity, but I say that you have to read between the lines, and the term medical disqualification could relate to an overweight or obese problem. What's your thoughts on this? Well, today I went and paid a visit to a very good friend of mine, uh, Dr. Stephen Bonick, in Hendersonville, he he is a CDL uh, certified doctor, and also does it for airline pilots. And uh, we talked about this very issue, and he showed me some of the paperwork. And um, there's only one mention of being overweight uh, on the form that he fills out for a driver. Uh, so being overweight alone by itself will not disqualify a driver. However, on the other hand, just like you're talking about reading in between the lines, being overweight causes hypertension, it causes sleep apnea, it causes diabetes, 
it's, it's the root cause for a heart disease. A lot of what's going to happen to you is controlled by your weight. But if you're just overweight, if that's the only thing that's wrong with you, you don't have to worry about losing your CDLs because of that. And uh, we had spoken earlier today, Ricky, and I had told you that a lot of drivers had this concern and were writing us, and uh, some were even being uh, let go. And part of the reason was for these reasons of overweight. Is there some kind of um, uh, stress put on these companies by way of their insurance uh, that they're kind of pushing towards these drivers to let them go, that they're going to raise their rates. I mean, what what's going on? If this isn't law and if it's nowhere stated, then uh, why are companies having uh, drivers go through sleep apnea testing? Because sleep apnea testing isn't in there either. And yet this is becoming the rumor and just the talk of this uh, these kind of uh, issues and topics is creating uh, carriers to almost enforce it within their company as though it is law. And we had talked earlier about this today uh, about the um, uh, what, what what did you call it the right to work states? Yeah, the right to work state laws. Yes, and uh, under right to work laws in any state that, that has those laws, which is most of them nowadays, um, uh, actually uh, your employer does not have to have a a good reason to fire you. Um, so, however, they can't say that uh, they're firing you because you're you're fat. <laughs> they, they can't do that because that's that's not a good reason. Um, it's, it's not a uh, <laughs> In other words, if they say that you're you're not coming to work all the time, but you are, they're they're telling a story in a way, but you can't really prove any difference. It'd be hard to prove that. But they can say you're fat, and they saw that. They've been seeing that for a long time. So they can't just get rid of you because you're fat. Now, what else, what does that mean? That means that uh, you have to go to court and find them. That's, That's what you would have to do. And is it worth it? Is it worth doing that? I don't know. Well, Ricky, isn't that you said you had said something to me earlier too about the Disability Act? Yes. I mean, yeah, they've got to that, be I mean, careful. They've, they've go got to be very careful about how they, if somebody's got a disease or or something that's wrong with them, to make sure they're not violating the the Disabilities Act. And that's something that anybody can can find out just by contacting the. Uh, that department, if there's a federal department with disabilities part department they can get in touch with. And if that's the case, they don't have to hire a lawyer. The government has to provide them one. Well, you know, we hear from drivers. I hear from, um, uh, you know, I started this whole thing up specifically for uh, CDL students and new drivers, and I even hear from them who uh, come right out of CDL school and uh no company's going to hire them, and they've actually, from what they tell me, they've actually been told by the company, well, you know, we're, I'm talking about somebody who, you know, might be overweight or BMI high or something, and they're being told by the companies, well, you know, we can't hire you because, you know, as soon as this thing kicks in, um, you know, you're going to be disqualified anyway. So, um, that, and that's, see, that's just ignorance by the companies, by the carriers. Okay. Uh, they don't, they're, they're, they, 
seen all of this stuff go around the internet and all these people trying to figure out what was going to happen. And, and I think when CSA 2010 was first started being talked about, I think being overweight was one of the things that they were talking about disqualifying, disqualifying drivers for. Mm-hmm. So, but it's changed, see. But it hadn't changed in the minds of the carriers, and they're trying to position themselves where they've got the very best of the drivers in their seats, so that they won't have to worry about losing these drivers, then having to replace them after the fact. You know, after the the program kicks in fully, um, and it's going to be a really big problem. You've been preaching that for ever since I've been following you. And, and you're right on the money. But it can't be any other way. Why would the FMCSA start awarding million-dollar grants to college students to go to truck driving school if they weren't trying to change the whole face of this industry? Yeah, we're going to touch on that, too. I, I just go back to the driver fitness basic where it says you can be disqualified uh, due to a medical disqualification. So... Uh, if there's something on that um, that testing, like you said, you spoke with that doctor there in Tennessee. Uh, what would be an example of that? What's a disqualification? Yeah, I mean, feasibly, it could come it could come back and haunt them, right? Stage three, um, you know, your blood pressure. Uh, if if you're in stage three, that could keep you out of a truck. Uh, but stage two and stage one wouldn't. Um, okay, so, but where? So where does the – it's a lot of confusion on this BMI thing. Where does that come in again? Does it even come in? It doesn't come in. It's, it's, it's not a factor as far as a single factor goes. That does not come into it. The but only thing that – companies are using it. They're using it um, to create sleep apnea testing if you have a certain BMI. And, and this is exactly what we're trying to say. But there's no laws per se – However, the companies are taking it upon them themselves to apply these policies, if you will, to their right. own company. Yeah, and you're I just agree. saying that's just, you're just saying that's ignorance on their part. That's ignorance on their part. That, that, that may have been part of CSA 2010 in the beginning, but it's right. not now, and it's certainly not on this uh, physician's examination form that I'm sitting here looking well, at right now. Well, the only thing that Go the ahead. only thing out there that it says about uh, overweight is under general appearance. It says uh, marked overweight, yes or no. That's the only thing. It doesn't ask what the weight is, or anything else other about it than that. And that's the only thing on the whole medical examination report. Well, let me read you an email we got. We we, we get a bunch of them, but we picked this one out. This is the email we received just today, just just before the show. Um, uh, this driver writes us, and he says, I was told by a friend who listens to XM, Truckers Radio, that this new law also includes the DOT's right to give truckers on-site physicals and suspend drivers who do not fit the BMI, blood sugar levels, blood pressure test, etc. Um, well, I don't his, know about that. <laughs> I, I, to me, that sounds awful. I mean, they would have to have a doctor to do it. I mean, a DOT official couldn't do it. Uh, I think think this is just the type of information that's still flying around there, even on uh, XM Satellite. Uh, I agree with you, because they pretty well take anybody's word that calls in. But, you you know, 
on XM, he may talking about that. He may have it may have been another trucker that, that called in and said that over uh, you know the line of talking about right. the issue and really didn't have any expertise. He was just guessing about it. And then, oh, I've been uh, on shows like, where they're supposed to be experts, and I've heard wrong information. So, um, right. you know, you don't know. Yeah. No, talk to well, the FMCSA. They'll give you all the wrong information that you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> okay, let's uh, – got to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll continue our discussion with Mr. Ricky Gooch, and we're going to find out just why, more specifically, he believes that the intentions of the CSA 2010 is to remove drivers from the industry. Uh, you're listening to Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. Don't go anywhere. This is what we've been waiting for. Uh, we will be right back. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here with the Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. Have you been driving a big rig for a while now and considering starting your own business as an owner-operator? Well, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing offers the best lease purchase plan in the industry. With a small down payment and monthly payments around $1,000 or less, you make the monthly payment and when the final payment is made, they hand over the title. It really is that simple. There is no big balloon payment at the end, and secondly, the truck is yours, not a lease plan under one truck and company. So if becoming an owner-operator is your goal, do it the right way. Do it the best way. Contact Lone Mountain Truck Leasing on the web at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free at 866-512-5685. That's LoneMountainTruck.com. And be sure to tell them that you heard about them on Truth About Trucking Live. Alan Smith here with Truth About Trucking Live and AskTheTrucker.com. Remember the late 60s and the 1970s when songs about trucking, the truck driver, and the trucking way of life was all over the radio? Songs like Six Days on the Road, Teddy Bear, and of course the number one hit by C.W. McCall, Convoy. Well, the lifestyle of the American trucker is once again making its way into the world of music and the dreams that legends are made of. Songwriters Barry Allen and David Ayers of Allen and Ayers Productions, along with artist John Johnson, have produced the first music CD since the mid-70s dedicated to all the men and women of trucking. The CD is a savvy, up-to-date collection of original songs relating to present-day issues that truckers face on a daily basis. Songs like Don't Get Hooked on Dak, The Trucking Brand, Say a Prayer for Jason, and of course the smash hit When the Big Rigs Don't Roll. Be sure to get your copy of When the Big Rigs Don't Roll CD or you can download just the songs that you want. Just visit askthetrucker.com and you'll find the music player right on our website. Individual songs are only 99 cents each or to receive the entire collection, just a small cost of only $15. The hard copy of the CD is scheduled to be released in August 2010. These are all new original trucking songs that will keep you running down the highway, saluting all of our nation's truckers who keep America moving. When the Big Rigs Don't Roll Trucking CD Release, produced by Allen and Ayers Productions. Yeah, that's a good CD. Welcome back to Truth About Trucking Live with our guest, Ricky Gooch of 
causes.com slash justice for truckers. And, 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 okay, Ricky, on your site, uh, you write about CSA 2010, and you say that the intentions of the FMCSA under this program is to, and I quote, to absolutely remove drivers from the industry. Uh, I know it's pretty strong words. I mean, if they, uh, what, what are they going to do if remove them all? Well, it, it's it's pretty simple. The the way that the FMCSA has has set this up, everything that happens to a carrier uh, starts with the driver. Uh, let's start with the very first thing that they that they want the most, and that's roadside inspections. The driver is responsible for that first roadside inspection. Um, if he's speeding, if he's crossing a line. If he has a dirty tail light, if he has a hose hanging down somewhere, if he has a low tire or a tire that's worn too much, any of those things is a reason for uh, a DOT or a state trooper or a city cop to pull a trucker over and do a full inspection. And that is their order under CSA 2010. They don't want them to write tickets for speeding. They want an inspection because the inspection will fully go against the carrier, and the, the carrier will then start seeing the fines, the interventions of where they go in and look at every fine detail uh, of the trucks, of the personnel, of the driver's records. It all starts with the driver. The same way that they set the driver up by if the driver gets a ticket for speeding, and he goes to court, and he wins, and the, and the judge says you're not guilty, guess what? The FMCSA says you are guilty, and we're going to count that against your carrier. Same well, way with... Going, well, they know the driver, they're, they're going where the deep pockets are. Exactly. They, they really are. Now, after they did all of this, this is the way it started out, they got to thinking about it, and they, and, and they thought, well, gosh, they're going to fire all these drivers. And so they come back and they added a rule where that if you fired a driver, that his record would stay with the carrier for a period of two years. However, if you've got a driver who is getting pulled over and he's getting inspections and it's eating your company alive and he's getting uh, equipment violations and it's eating your company alive, how can you keep him? You've got to replace him with somebody that's going to be there and is going to be a good driver down the road. So yeah, but that's but that's that's ironic though because um, I mean look at the problems that a lot of drivers have with the equipment of the carrier. So if they get rid of a driver who's getting a lot of violations for for equipment, uh, you know, violations, replace them with another driver, they're still going to have the same they're still going to have the same problem. Right, and that's what the, that's what I was talking about about the little companies because that's what they're looking at doing right now. They're, they're thinking, oh, we'll just replace the driver. We'll just replace us. I hear that every day. The big carriers, uh, they're not saying that. They're saying, no, we're going to retrain these drivers. They're going to be our eyes and ears and nose out there on the road. They're going to work with mechanics, and they're going to help us keep our equipment in good shape. And so you've got two completely different theories in the trucking industry about how they're going to handle this, but only one of them will work. So uh, they're going to get rid of a lot of good drivers, drivers that don't deserve to be fired, but they're going to get fired, and then they're not going to be able to come back. 
Right, because once that's written up, uh, it's going to be almost impossible for them to be rehired. And a lot of the reasons, <clears throat> excuse me, if you look at the basics, a lot of the reasons that uh, these violations are going to occur is not going to be um, things that the driver has control over, like their medical card or, or speeding or things like that, but it's things that actually the trucking company themselves uh, really are responsible for, and the driver's just going to get have to take the violation too as far as uh, maintenance. And, and we're not talking about just like a, a pre-trip or a post-trip. We're, we're talking about actual things, you know, wrong with the truck. That the company want, is responsible for. They want the driver. FMCSA wants the drivers to treat a big truck just like an airline pilot treats a, a, a plane. Uh, they want them to be completely involved in every aspect of, of the inspection before that truck leaves. If there's any problem, they want they want that driver to stand up for himself and stand up for his company and stand up to that mechanic who wants them to drive down the road or or, or maybe a uh, um, safety manager, if, if, if they've got a bad safety manager that's wanting them to get on the road, they, they've got to stand up to them because if they don't, they're going to lose their job. I think that, you know, we, I don't know, did you guys go to the to the trucking show in Louisville, Kentucky this past no, year? No, we were in Gats last year, but not Louisville this year. But we, we went and we questioned thousands of, of drivers. And I would say that probably 70% knew nothing about CSA 2010 uh, at that time. I believe it. Yeah. I, it was I totally it. ridiculous. I think that the people that's listening to you, that they're going to have, they're, they're not going to have too many problems out there on the road. That's the reason they're listening to you. They care. They're trying to figure out what to do and how to do it. Those guys are going to, going to work out good. The guys that's listening to the XM radio, uh, they they are much more knowledgeable than most of these people that we met at these shows, because we ask them that question: Are you listening to any radio shows? Uh, are you listening to Truth About Trucking? You know, or are you listening to, to all these things to try to get this information? And about seventy percent said no. We'll, we'll deal with it when it gets here. That, that wow. was their They're not going to be around. Yeah, but we have. We're, we're all going to be eating grass. We're going to be bailing grass and eating it. I guess I don't know how we're going to eat uh, without truckers on the road, but it's it could get messy. Well, we have we have 50 phone lines here at Truth About Trucking Live. We've got 48 of them up, um, all listening. So we thank you for being here. 35 people in the chat room, and you know a couple of them are still talking about this BMI thing in the chat room, uh, wanting to know. Um, uh, one of our one of the people in the chat room is going to um, start training, I guess, at a company Monday, wanting to know the um, qualifications and everything for the BMI or their policy. And and uh, the, the, they're writing in here, they've heard um, you can't have more than a 17-inch neck and 38 uh, BMI. So, um, I mean, this is still a, it's still a big major concern for drivers. Yeah, you you can assure them that that's not on the driver's medical examination report, uh, and if it's not on there, how can they be using it? Uh, right. They, they okay, that's what we wanted to clear up because this one email we've gotten here is uh, 
any any idea where I can find valid info. So you can find it right here on Truth About Trucking Live. So again, that's just the rumors that are still flying out but, there. But a lot of drivers are are fearful of this. But well, you know, here, here, go ahead. Let me make this recommendation to them. If they've got a, if they're worried about the BMI or the weight or, or sleep apnea or diabetes, that's all a medical question. They all have to have a medical examination report, uh, you know, for a driver fitness exam. Call their doctor and ask him. I mean, you know, that's what they need to do. That, that'll put it to bed for them right there. They shouldn't but have to But it goes worry. along with what you and I spoke about before and what we brought up on the show just a few minutes ago, that these carriers can really, I mean, they can't say, oh, we're not going to hire you because of this, that, and the other thing, but they are including policies within their company based on speculation of what could happen in the future uh, with the FMCSA. And you know as well as I do that they had that meeting two months ago, that sleep apnea, and part right. of testing for sleep apnea was going to be based on the uh, BMI. So, you know, it's almost like you can see the writing on the wall that, yeah, it might not be in uh, any kind of law right now. However, if the companies are already in, in including it in their own policies, you know, somebody's feeling something. Something somebody knows something, or you know, they're just a little more astute. Or well, I, I think I think I think what you're talking about is the weight. Uh, the weight factor points you to something else. Uh, that's their baseline. They look at somebody and they go, "Oh, he's way overweight." So we need to look at uh, these possible things you can have, like high blood pressure. Uh, you know, or, or sleep apnea or diabetes, I mean, that's or heart disease, because that's the four common things that being uh, obese points to. Um, so we can all have, a, a, or at least a male can have a 30 BMI uh, if he's 6'5 and weighs 270 pounds, because that's, what <laughs> that's what I weigh. Uh, and BMI is actually 32 instead of 30, so I'm, I'm overweight, you know, or, or obese according to that scale. And uh, uh, so if I were to try to get a truck driving job, they may very well say, okay, you know, your your BMI is, is, is out of whack here, so we really need you to get checked for these other things. But still, your doctor is going to tell you whether or not you've passed or failed, not the trucking company. If you go to the doctor, if they sent you there, and you, you get this examination and you pass this examination, then what grounds would the truck or the carrier have to say that you didn't pass or that you, you couldn't work for them because you wouldn't fit? They're, they're overruling a doctor. But uh, there are companies things, that are making people, according to their BMI, take a sleep apnea test. Well, I mean, I mean they have every, they have every right to do that, but so what if they, if they take a sleep apnea test and they are taking the, the medicine for it, which is being on a CPAP, uh, and the CPAP is working, how can they keep them from working? How can they keep them from having a job without getting sued? But because they, they definitely would be taking a chance of getting sued, and if they turned down enough people, they would be taking a chance of a class action lawsuit. 
Well, this is the problem. A lot of the drivers can't afford the testing because the companies aren't paying for the testing. And some of this testing is very, very expensive. Now, there, there is um, there's John Osborne. Uh, he's a medical technician who, who runs the MERV, which is that medical resource vehicle. And mm-hmm. he, he's, you've heard of him, right? No, I haven't. I've okay. not heard of that. There's a, um, well, let me, just, let me just grab my notes here. Uh, there's the, um, the St. Christopher uh, Fund which is the fund for truckers, endorses the MERV, which is sponsored by Safety First. And what this is, is it's a vehicle that goes around from truck stop to truck stop, trucking companies, uh, helping drivers. They'll take their blood pressure, their pulse, their test, sugar, cholesterol, retinal screening, sleep apnea testing for very, very minimal uh, cost for the sleep apnea testing. But the problem is with the companies, and I think it's a deterrent because they can't not hire somebody and say they're overweight. They can look at a BMI index, uh, BMI, and say, okay, you need to have sleep apnea testing. And my feeling about that is that they're using it as a indicator uh, for these other things that you're speaking about, which is diabetes, um, hypertension, and more serious things, and the deterrent is to tell them to take the sleep apnea test, which they pretty much know they can't afford. So, all right. Okay? So it's kind of like, all right, and I, I believe it has something to do with insurance. I, I think that uh, based on uh, medical records, and even though they don't get the long form, the companies, they only get the short form, uh, based on the the uh, the driver's medical records, the insurance will be higher or lower depending on that. So I do believe BMI is being used uh, kind of like a little bit of a smokescreen. And uh, as far as drivers who are already uh, in the company and who are saying they're being terminated, I mean, there's two sides to every story. And, and of course, we only get the driver's side. So we're not really sure how they're doing it. But I do believe that um, this whole BMI thing is is really uh, the purpose of it is for uh, many other things besides sleep apnea testing. Well, I agree with you about the insurance. Uh, the, the, from the lawyer's perspective, what they've been uh, researching, because, you know, we wanted to know a long time ago who came up with this, this program, CSA 2010, and why. Uh, it's a tremendous amount of work for government employees to to put this together and get it running, as you as anybody can see, because they've been working on it now for six years and it's supposed to have two. So, uh, uh, who, who called? Who was the cause for that? Congress? Well, well, Congress was doing it. Who who was talking to Congress? Well, it was the insurance company. Uh, insurance companies have been pushing this. They wanted access to what these carriers were doing you know, what their records look like um, so they can adjust their insurance accordingly. So this is wide open uh, territory, and now then anybody can uh, slip in there and get information, and that's that's what it's about. It's about giving the right people the right information so they can make more money. Right. 
Well, so the, to answer people who are concerned about BMI, I think basically, and, and you know, guys, tell me if I'm wrong or not, but the way I see it is, no, right now, it technically is not in DOT's medical. However, the companies can use it as an indicator for further sleep apnea testing, and that's that's up to them. If that's what they want to do, then they have every right to do it. However, the motive behind that, I feel, is a lot more than just testing for sleep apnea. I believe it's really a deterrent uh, to have drivers that are, are not as uh, desirable in their company, and it's a way to screen out legally uh, more desirable drivers. And that's just the way I see it. Um, and the drivers who want to shell out 4500 or whatever it is for the sleep apnea testing, then, you know, power to them. But uh, I don't know. And that's why we brought up that Dr. John and, and also John Osborne, who um, they're giving sleep apnea testing for a fraction of that cost for, like, I think it's like $400 uh, for a driver. So, well, you know, you know, Ricky. Yeah. Go ahead. The problem with all of this turning these truckers down is that uh, there is not a well of truckers. There's not a you can't drop a bucket into a well and pick up a new good trucker every time. In fact, they're getting it's getting harder and harder to hit that water with that bucket. So, you know, they can only go this plan for a short period of time before they go. Wait, wait a minute. There's nobody out there to drive our trucks. They're sitting on the side of the road. You know, we've got them out here in the field, and that's what's going to happen. Uh, so, well, you know, well, that's kind of what I was going to touch on because, I mean, it, it's pretty ridiculous. I mean, there's no logic behind it when you think about it because it's like they're searching for a perfect world, and yeah. uh, we're talking, you know, about, you know, people. There, there, there is no perfect world. And, you know, to get back on this thing where you believe the intentions – or just to remove drivers from the industry. I mean, is there? Uh, sounds like there's some kind of like uh, wanting to build a monopoly. You know, I mean, if, if that if that many uh, small companies uh, go out of business, like you believe they will, uh, you know, just more business for the big mega companies. But uh, it, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, is there like a is there a monopoly trying to be built here? What do you think? You know, they say, uh, the guys from FMCSA actually said, they put a number on the amount of carriers that they said that they would like to see go away, and that was 30%. Oh, hey. Uh, yeah. So not go away and not be replaced, but, you know, go away and be replaced by better, more up-to-date equipment. Well, you know, that's uh, that's yeah. very tough stuff um, that they're thinking about. The, the only way that that can happen, and you know this, is if I own a company and it's a small company and i got got 100 drivers and i got a, I got customers for every one of my trucks, I've got something I can sell to a bigger carrier. Right. And, uh, you know. Well, it, if there's, if there's 750,000 uh, trucking companies in the U.S., I mean, 30 percent, that would be 225,000. That's exactly right. Remember that 175,000 figure we started with? Right. (laughs) 
it's not it's not going to be the drivers. It's going to be the companies. Now it's going to be over yeah. a quarter of a million. Possibly. Right, but it's going to affect the drivers because of when the, oh, definitely. You know, yeah, there's going to be a big rollover, and there's not going to be as many trucks uh, when it rolls over. So they got to take all the junk off the road. Yeah. Which which brings the other problem, the um, the inferior or the inadequate CDL training that's going on right now. What are you going to replace it with? Uh, three week training and then uh, CDL trainee programs that uh, most of the people fail out anyway. I mean, the whole system needs to be looked at. The FMCSA needs to look at that since uh, if they're predicting a lot of drivers losing their job and wanting to create better, safer drivers, then one of the things that they should be looking at and that should be priority at this point is the actual CDL training programs for new drivers. They should really be stepped up and looked at and uh, because that's going to be the people replacing. Well, in March and April of this year, we did our own uh, survey of all the trucking schools that we could find in Tennessee and Alabama and Georgia, and we asked every one of them who was doing CSA 2010 training, and none of them were doing it at that time. Um, so the, the, the schools are, you're, you're right about the schools. They don't intend uh, on changing anything that they're doing right now. They're making money doing what they're doing, and uh, they're not going to spend any money unless they're made to do so. So, uh, yeah, FMCSA should step in and do something about that. Well, it's not even the schools, Ricky. It's the actual training programs also. After after they get out of the school and they pretty much don't know anything and they're depending, not anything, but, you know, they know minimal. I mean, what can you learn in three weeks? And then they're looking to go with a carrier who actually has CDL training for new drivers. And that is even uh, a, a very, very inadequate part of the training process right now. The the prerequisites for um, for trainers is pretty much, do you want to be a trainer? I mean, that that's pretty in a lot of companies. Of course, you can't say that across the board with everybody, but that's pretty much it. Do you want to be a trainer? And that's why the success rate is so low because the the protocol or the the there's the policies enforced within the company uh, according for these training programs are minimal. And well, the trainers, the trainers are, are instructed too that, that that to be a trainer you have to do everything and say everything our way. Right. So there's not a right way. It's it's our way. Right. Uh, well, again, it's not really going to matter because, like I said, they're trying to. It's, it's like they're trying to come up with a perfect world. And, uh, you know, they're trying to, if they want to change all these drivers and remove all these drivers with new drivers, well, those new drivers are just going to become old drivers, and, and the companies are still going to have the, uh, you know, the, the damaged wheel or the uh, brakes out of alignment. I mean, they're still going to have the equipment problem. So, I, I, you know, Ricky, the more I talk with you, it's like, you know, the <laughs> It's going to be a big, uh, big domino effect here. But hey, Patches, you've been hanging on for a while. Let's you, let's get you in here. Uh, you, you got a question here? I what I can't figure out for the life of me is how are they going to be assessing these uh, driver points? I know they've said uh, by roadside inspections, but at the same time, 
how can the uh, or CSA twenty ten uh, put points against the driver if it's the company's fault? And at the same time, you have a driver out there, say for instance, hasn't had a mishap or whatever for over a two year period. How are they finding this out? From the three year look back of all violation of uh, roadside inspections and your crash data. It's going to be a three-year look back. And, uh, well, it's a two-year on, um, I believe, on the violations and three years on the crash data. So that that's where the points are coming in. Okay. And well, what all, about these, all, uh, alongside? Based, uh, go ahead. It's all based on your CDL uh, points. Though, and you got to remember that now then you've got two types of points. You've got your CDL, state CDL points that you have to contend with, and that's your biggest worry. And you, the CDL points cannot put, I mean, your FMCSA points can't put you off the road. It can put your carrier off the road, but it can't put you off. Only your CDL violations will do that. You understand that? I understand where you're coming from. I do. But you have... Uh, these carriers, the drivers right up, right and left, they uh, tell them what's wrong with the uh, – then they drive a company truck. They tell them what's wrong. They write it up. They write up each and every trailer and all that. But the, if the – I understand it right. If the, uh, they're pulled over for a roadside, the driver gets the points as well as the trucking company, if I'm understanding it right. As far as your FMCSA points go, but not CDL points. The only CDL points you're going to get is any kind of court violation. If it's well, not a court violation, then it's not going to go against your CDLs. I understand what you're saying. I do. Right. But uh, what I'm trying to get at with this CSA deal they're adding points to the driver when the driver has done all of this that is required by DOT standards, and the driver's getting punished for what the company doesn't do. Well, that's why they're saying that if you find something wrong on the pre-trip, uh, Willie, that you need to uh, refuse to take that load. Okay. Uh, I understand <laughs> what you're saying. Yeah, I can I can see that opening up a good can of worms who <laughs> refuse to take the load. Well, it's to the yeah, yeah, I can too. You're in a no-win situation. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You're in a no-win situation, and uh, it all goes down again on the driver. But um, well, here's another uh, thing. You know, we could bring up about the PSP, the pre-employment screening. You say that all this won't have won't hurt the driver. But yeah, it will hurt the driver because even let's say you've been running, you're a driver, you've been running the last three years with a company who's been pushing you with your logs and this and that, and you've got violations. Um, well, all that now is going to be a part of your uh, driver uh, appearance. It's not really a, a score. I guess it is a score. We have them up on the blog, actual pictures, uh, snapshots of what it would look like for a driver. So here you are just ab abiding by company policy and trying to be a good employee because they've been pushing you for whatever reason, whether it be poor maintenance or logbook or whatever it is. 
and now you have all these violations because of that, and you're really a pretty good driver. The only thing you're guilty of is not saying no. And uh, now because of that, your PSP is, is poor, even though technically it's not part of CSA 2010. We all know it, it sort of is because it's based on the same uh, criteria. So, yeah, you are being punished for it. And, yeah, there yeah, will be a lot of good drivers losing their jobs because of it, because, because other companies don't want to touch them. Right. You're trapped in your job. That's what I was talking about earlier. Right. It, it don't, it don't. you know, only the CDL part can get your, a lot of your CDLs pulled, but you're trapped with that company. If you leave that company, you cannot get another job. It's going to be right. impossible to do that. So, and that's why I say that, that the drivers are at the greatest risk right now. Yeah, everything goes against the carrier. The carrier can close down. You can lose your job. But you're also trapped in this position with this company, and they've got now they've got all the power over you because now they know if you leave them when they tell you to do something, you're out of the industry. Well, here's the kicker too. As part of uh, the ATA's. Um, uh, they had written uh, requests of things that they wanted removed from CSA 2010, and one of them was the warning tickets, which I'm glad that did change. But one of the other things that they requested was they wanted to be able to fire a driver who had a lot of violations uh, and then have it removed from their record. Well, that would be uh, – and when I say record, it means their CSA 2010 score. In other words, if we if we fire driver A, then then that should help our score. Well, here's the problem with that: your company might be the reason that driver A has all those violations. Exactly. And now they're not only have they risked their uh, safety and they've been dedicated, which they shouldn't have, to do all the things that they were requested. But now you want to fire them. So that your CSA 2010 score is better, plus make them unhirable, and that's what really is upsetting. Well, you know, the the, the whole problem with the whole trucking industry started when trucking was deregulated. You know, that right. that's when it when it became biddable, then that's when drivers started being mistreated so bad, and that's when right. sales went down. You know, and everything went down. And that's what we're facing. We're, the, the deregulation did all this damage, and I'm not sure uh, how they can fix it unless they go back to, to uh, regulating the industry like they, they used to do. Right. That's which the I only thing. Which I seriously yeah. doubt if they will. Uh, winding down here, about 10 minutes left, but get another caller in here, a caller from, uh, from Georgia, area code 706. Uh, go ahead. You're on the air. Yeah, hey, I'm just letting you guys know that it sounds like a bunch of discrimination. Uh, uh, they're they're penalizing a bunch of drivers for what maybe one or two got caught uh, sleeping behind the wheel and having an accident. Uh, it's just a joke to me. It, it really is. I don't think it should be upheld. I think everybody that gets fired ought to have a lawsuit uh, handed to them on a platter. Well, what do, what do you think, I Ricky? I mean, I mean, it is it is penalizing the driver, really. Yes, it is, and and it's it not is. right. It's not right for me being penalized for somebody else's mistake, and that is exactly what's happening. It is, and especially with the fact that the FMCSA's own studies 
show for, for the past two years that accidents have gone down, that drivers are doing a better job. And they're not doing it because of the FMCSA. You know, it right. was already happening. So uh, the things that they are citing, I mean, they've backed off on a couple of those things, you know, last week. Uh, I don't, I can't remember exactly what two they were, but there was two that they're taking off now uh, in, in the, uh, the accident, on the accident side, the crash-related uh, incidents that they're removing right. from the program. So uh, uh, they're, they're, they're learning, they're backing off, and they are getting sued, and they are getting threats of lawsuits, and, and we have been sending them letters uh, saying that some of the stuff they're doing is unconstitutional. And the ATA has, has uh, sent, you know, they filed a lawsuit. Um, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, legal uh, things going on out there that can't really begin until the whole program goes into effect. And that's right. Why well, an- another last minute. Another thing, if you guys or, or whoever is trying to run that show is wanting better drivers, you've got to start with the start. You've got to start at the school. Uh, some of these schools are putting their students through one-week, two-week classes and thinking they're truck drivers. Uh, that, you know, we, we need to start from the start, which is going from the source, starting from the schools and working our way up. I mean, I, I'm an old-school student. My dad used to teach me how to back these things up when he was, he was driving. And then when I finally did hit the truck driving school, it was a nine-week course. It was a really good school, but they closed because of the, the finances. And now right. these uh, pop-up schools are, are training students one to two weeks at a time and, and giving them a CDL and saying, okay, now you're going through a, a small training course and you're going to be a truck driver. That's not right. Right, right. Well, and, you know, and that's, that's one that's a, thing. That, that is one huge question right there that, that uh, I don't know the answer to uh, about the FMCSA's new scholarship program that they give three or four colleges. And it is, or, you know, I don't know what their intention is there. Is it to bring these students out of these trucking schools and, and finish them off like a finishing school at, at, a, at a university? Is that what that grant money is for? Well, what I think it? it's... As a lot of it's for white collar jobs. I don't. Um, there are a lot of uh, uh, grants and scholarships out there for specifically truck drivers, which that you have to consider that the unskilled. What they discuss it as is the unskilled labor versus skilled labor. So uh, you you have to just realize that a lot of these uh, government grants are specific for each type. Well, I know this, the, the good trucking companies that we call on, they're not hiring students. They won't hire them. Uh, they're hiring people that's got three years' experience and no violations. That's what they're looking for. That's right. what they want. And if they can right. find one, if they have to make room for him, by getting rid of somebody else, that's what they're doing. Well, I'll tell you what, and those companies that are doing that, I guarantee you they don't have a, a, a new driver training program in Probably place. Probably not. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they don't, but that just gets back to the same thing uh, Don and Ricky were talking about. It's like this whole thing, they're trying, I mean, if they're if they're trying to remove, uh, I don't know, these so-called bad drivers from the industry and replace them with good ones, uh, Ricky, in the long run, it's not going to work because we're, we're talking about people here. I mean, the problems are still going to continue. 
Yeah, you know, I made I made a mention of that here in the last week that all you know, basically all bad drivers step forward. Right. <laughs> Nobody knows that they're bad drivers. They just don't know that they're a bad driver because they get a ticket or because they have an equipment failure, and, and I wouldn't know that either. So right. the bad drivers hey, we're talking wanna, about are good drivers. I'm just going to make this one announcement um, because I'm afraid we're going to run out of time, yeah, and this yep. is so important. Okay. Um, there's going to be another national call-in for Jason's Law. It's going to be calling the um, – New York State Senators, uh, and to find out where this law is right now. We're kind of pinning everybody down, and uh, we we called up on the 28th of June. We had a lot of progress on that. That was on the House side. Now we're going to hit the Senate, and uh, that's September 15th. We're going to have a blog post about it. Uh, we'll have the numbers to call. You can go on Facebook, and uh, we'll have it posted on Facebook, and we'll be having it on Twitter. And it's on the Jason's Law page of uh, Facebook, and a lot of the other trucking sites are going to have it posted there also. Okay, and and we can get it up on uh, Ask the Trucker, too. Yeah, well, we're going to have that up. uh, I believe it's set to go up next week. Okay. All right. Well, let me – we're winding down here – Ricky, I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Alan. I, I've enjoyed it, and I hope I've helped somebody with something. <laughs> that was, yeah, we straightened out that BMI. They're still talking about it in the chat room. So uh, <laughs> you, give out your websites again and how people can get a hold of you for more information on this prepaid legal services as well, because that's a good deal. Well, uh, there's two phone numbers you can call. You can call uh, 615 615- Four two four eight six three five, and you can call one eight hundred two one nine zero three three zero, and uh, be glad to help help you out. Uh, answer any questions that you've got. Uh, you know, anything we can do for you, we'll we'll, we'll try to do it. So uh, okay, and that's for, and that's for like prepaid legal. That's for prepaid legal, and uh, another thing that we're doing now is that whenever we go to a carrier and a carrier puts this in as a program for their drivers, we do all their CSA 2010 training for them. Uh, we actually have a complete program that we do with the drivers um, for a long period of time that we give them little bits of information a little bit at a time so they can remember it. Okay, great. So, and then and your other site is uh, causes.com slash justice for truckers? Yes. Yes, and and they can get on that and sign up, and we'll send them updates about CSA 2010, what's happening in in the industry, and uh, you know keep them keep them uh, abreast of what's happening all the time. That's a great so, site. I'm on there about two or three times a day. So yeah, causes.com/slash/justice-for-truckers uh, with Ricky Gooch. Uh, if you haven't uh, been there before, you really ought to bookmark that and save it. And just a great information. But uh, well, thanks again, Ricky. I appreciate, appreciate that, all Alan. you do. All right. You we'll too. catch you next time. You Thank you, All guys. Right. Thanks, Bricky. Bye. Uh, okay, and that's uh, that's going to do it for this broadcast of Truth About Trucking Live. Uh, thanks to all our listeners, our callers. Appreciate it. And those in the chat room, uh, appreciate you joining us this evening. And be sure to bookmark our show and add us to your favorites. And come join us on our blog at askthetrucker.com. And if you're considering a career in long-haul trucking, 
Sign up for our free newsletter over at truthabouttrucking.com, and you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and you can find those links over at askthetrucker.com as well. And again, just uh, uh, Ricky Gooch, great site, causes.com slash justice for truckers, really keeps a great update on CSA 2010. He is on top of that. And um, you can uh, call him directly on those numbers that he gave you for a prepaid legal service. It's a great service that a lot of drivers do and uh, get a lot of benefit from that. Uh, And if you're listening now and you've um, missed our live show, our shows are archived, so they are always there for you to listen to at your leisure. So, again, appreciate you being here tonight. Hope we have uh, straightened out a few things. And uh, CSA 2010, not sounding good for drivers and trucking companies alike. So um, better get on top of it because I think there's a pretty big uh, domino effect that's going to be coming. So um, here's lady trucker Jan McCarter with her new single release, teaming up with recording artist Johnny Neal of the Allman Brothers Band. Yeah. Remember the Allman Brothers? I was born a rambling man. Well, here's Jan McCarter with Johnny Neal with an updated version of an old classic, Eastbound and Down. And you can download her newest single from Jan and Jim McCarter's website, thekeystruckers.com. And, hey, have you gotten your tree frog pad yet? And you heard me right. I said tree frog pad. So check it out at treefrogpad.com. And, uh, again, here's Jan McCarter with Johnny Neal from the Allman Brothers Band, Eastbound and Down. So, until next time, for Truth About Trucking Live, I'm Alan Smith. Drive safe, and thanks for listening.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.